cash flow. Item 19, digital marketing, estate planning. If those terms cause you to pause even for a second, this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser. We cover a new topic each week, clearly and concisely. Business insights not piled on you like you are a buffet plate, but each topic broken down and easy to digest. Welcome to Small Bites of Business Insights. Welcome. I'm Kathy and I'm here with Barb. So when we were deciding on the topics that we would talk about in this series, Barb, you said, you know what, Kathy, we need to devote a segment to the race to profit. And I thought, wow, that sounds interesting, but I really don't know what she means by that, but I'm going to go with it. But Barb, why don't we tell our listeners, what is the race to profit? So every business starts out in a race to profit. Their goal is to grow that business beyond break even. So they start earning a profit and the race is against the bank balance Mm. because you need to win that race to profit before you run out of cash. Because every month that a business is below break even, it's burning cash reserves or, you know, the technical term for that is digging a hole. (laughs) So, okay. I totally understand that. So how do you win the race? Well, you start by having a plan and the plan shows how long it will take to reach the break-even point and how much is cash is going to be required to keep the location going until then. So winning the race to profit in six months obviously burns less cash. You would consume less of that cash Mm -hmm. than if you won the race in 12 months, right? The longer it takes to hit break-even then the more cash reserves you would need. So the plan has to include a reasonable ramp up for sales. And it clearly shows the losses you expect to have each month as you grow. So you've mentioned a couple of different time periods, but what is a reasonable length of time to become profitable? So like how many months do you think it would take? My favorite answer, Kathy, it depends. So a, a business with low fixed costs, right? They don't they don't have to have a giant expensive location and they have high, high margins service business, typical example of, of that. Um, they're going to require less sales to hit their break even than somebody that has um, big infrastructure needs to build a plant, a factory and everything else and low margin. Right. So it starts, it's, that, that we described that when we talked about break even, it's the cost structure. It depends on your cost structure. You got to understand your cost structure. So then you take that knowledge and you map it out in a spreadsheet and you then start playing with what's the rate of growth that makes sense. And the rate of growth depends on a lot of things like how much in demand is the product. Um, what are your marketing activities? Can your staff sell? You know, are they good at this? How much competition will you have? All of those things are factors. And there, no spreadsheet can give you uh, accurate assumptions. You have to know your business. You have to know your market. And, you know, nobody starts out a new venture thinking they're going to break even on day one. It takes time. We all know that. Still from day one, we have to know the minimum sales required to break even. And I say, figure out what that. What do you have to hit for monthly sales to have a monthly break even? That's one thing you need to know right when you get started. Because driving that volume is an important milestone. 
And that's one that we have to reach as quickly as possible, because until the business reaches that point, it's incurring losses, it's digging the hole, it's burning the cash. Oh, burning the cash sounds terrible. And <laughs> we know that one of the major reasons businesses fail is because they do just that, they run out of cash. Why do you think this is so common? Well, when you think about what you have to know when you get started, you know, the location build out costs, the equipment costs, the franchise fees, they're pretty easy to predict. You know, you just go out there and get some bids. I'm not saying there's never any construction cost overruns. You just pretty much got to figure there will be. Yeah. But in, especially t- today when there's supply chain problems for people that are doing that construction. Okay. So that's put a little bit of a wild card on that. But for the most part, franchise systems are really good at helping their franchisees to predict the initial investment that's required because like they've built this model before, right? You've got that, you've got a track record on that. And the, those costs, those startup costs are typically financed with a combination of, you know, the owner's startup money and some long-term debt like a bank loan or an SBA loan. And after that, we open up the doors and that's when it becomes less predictable because while the expenses might be kind of easy to determine, I know my, what my rent is. I can look to benchmarks from the franchise system to guess what my variable cost percentage would be. That's not the expenses are not the hard part. The hard part is knowing how quickly sales will grow. So you got to do your homework to be able to predict the outflows. That's true. But it is difficult to predict how much cash you'll burn, not necessarily because of what the expenses are, but because you don't know if you're going to hit the sales targets. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part is knowing that you've set a realistic sales target. All right. So, but wouldn't having more than one plan be the best approach so you can see a best and worst case scenario? Absolutely. So two, maybe even more scenarios. And usually I've done like a half a dozen or more before I settled in on the two, you know, I've moved it around and, and spreadsheet programs are really helpful for that because you can just see this change the sales and see what happens to the P&L and all the way down to the cumulative bank account balance. And that's what you need to, to stay on track with the race to profit. Remember the race is, will I become profitable before I run out of cash? So we got to have our eye on both profits and the accumulative cash balance. Um, notice I said cumulative, right? So neither of neither that, that cumulative balance or cash, those things are not on a P&L budget, right? right? The P&L budget is like a starting point for this process. It shows if you're making a profit, but you'll need more than a profit plan. And you'll need more, you'll need to also know how much cash is going to get consumed. So you need a cash flow plan, not just a budget, but a cash flow plan. So what's the difference between a profit plan and a cash flow plan? So a profit plan outlines the sales and expenses that you're expecting, mm-hmm. just like you would expect your PL to show, but it hasn't happened yet. So it's like your budget but it's possible to have profit and still not have cash. So they're not the same things, profit and cash. Correct. To predict that how much cash you'll burn, and you're going to do that with a cash flow plan, Mm -hmm. you need to understand the differences between profit and cash for your 
business model. And you need to account for those in the cash flow plan. So let me give you an example. You probably have to make payments on the SBA loan that you took out to get probably. started, right? <laughs> so that's not on the PL, right? So there's other differences between profit and cash that you're going to need to consider too. So what other things cause those differences between profit and cash? So I know you're sick of this answer, but it depends. I knew you would say that. (laughs) Yeah. So for some businesses, the debt payment may be the only difference, but others are more complicated. A business that has inventory and accounts receivable is way more complicated to predict cash flow than one that doesn't. You think about it. If you allow your customers to buy now and pay later, you might have sales and profitable sales, but you didn't collect them. So you don't have any cash. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that your accounts receivable are growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, as you grow your sales bigger and bigger and bigger, you're lending more and more money to your customers and that consumes cash. So to the extent that that's growing, there's this giant lag between when you make the sale and when you collect the cash and you need to account for that lag in the cash flow plan. I made it made the sales now, but I didn't collect it until later. The same thing happens if you're growing your inventory, right? So I need to buy more stuff to support this higher level of sales. That's going to create a cash lag too. It doesn't hit the PL until it becomes cost of goods sold. I might be a really poor decision maker and buy a bunch of stuff that never sells. Right. In which case I'm sucking up a whole bunch of cash that doesn't even get accounted for on the PL. Now, my trade suppliers, they might give me some help with that by giving me some, you know, a, a vendor account where they'll carry it for 30 or 60 days. Mm-hmm. So that's another lag to account for, but it actually is helping me instead of hurting me. Okay, I got you. So Barb, can a business finance their inventory and accounts receivable with a line of credit instead of using cash reserves? So borrowing on a line of credit is another one of the differences between profit and cash, right? So you can have some additional money come in from that to make up your shortfall, and then you'll have to pay that back eventually. In essence, it gives you more cash reserves to work with, right? That's what they're designed for, to go up and down to give you cash reserves to work with, but you still need to be able to pay it. (laughs) back. Okay. So you're going to consider all these differences between profit and cash to find out what your monthly cash burn is. And you're going to do this, you know, 12 months into the future. And as I mentioned before, I like to see it 24 months into the future. Um, You're going to build this thing and it's going to say at the end of month one, uh, we went $20,000 in the hole, let's just say as an example. Mm -hmm. And in the second month, we went another 15 in the hole. So now you're in it for 35 right? Each month you track that cumulative balance. Let's just say by the sixth month, you're making a profit. But by that time, not only have you burned through all of your cash, but now you're into your credit line by 50 grand. Okay. So, okay. The seven month, you're also earning a profit and you're going, yay, I won the race to profit, right? Well, not so fast because you're still digging a cash flow hole because the profit isn't enough to pay for the debt payments. And all those other things that suck up cash. So what do you do? You keep digging, right? Mm-hmm. When you keep digging, the hole gets better. It gets bigger, right? You keep digging this hole and you owe more on that credit line. So the good news is eventually your sales are high enough that the business turns what we call cash positive. And, that, um, and that's typically after 
profitability because you need more than just profit. You need to be able to pay for these other things that are the differences between profit and cash. You still not be able to, you may be cash positive, positive, but you still not may not be able to take it out of the business and put it in your pocket, which is why you got here, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you need to fill that hole that you dug back in, in the first seven months. So, mm-hmm. so you start doing that, you start paying back that credit line. It might take 15 months or longer. You don't, you don't know until you've mapped it out to pay that credit line back. Oh, and by the way, it's a short-term loan. The bank says it needs to rest. That means it needs to go to zero for two months out of the year. Mm. And remember in our example, I said it might take 15 months or longer to pay that back. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Before you know it, you're out of compliance with the terms of that credit line. Not a good way to start your banking relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you've written the plan, you know how much cash you need to support the race to profit. It's not going to be a surprise. So you start by saying, these are the cash reserves I need. And you figure out how to get that funded before you get started. You'll start the journey to entrepreneurship with eyes wide open. So the problem is not that we burn cash. The problem is we didn't know we'd burn cash and we weren't prepared for it. So give yourself a roadmap so you can see how much that is. So you know how much equity you have to start the business with, cash reserves you need to start the business with. You know, I've heard of some shortcuts to predicting the cash reserves you'll need. And so like most FDDs, when they list their expenses or the cost, they will actually list three months expenses that you need to have that before you start. But this sounds a lot more complicated than that. It can be, but it's not an impossible task. And if you contrast these two thought processes, three months expenses should be enough Mm. (laughs) compared to here's the plan that works. I mapped it out. I need to grow by this much, right? And at this rate, and by this time, this is how much cash I'll start with. It'll, I can see that it works. If I compare my progress to my goals, I can sleep at night in month two when I'm in the hole by $35,000. Otherwise, I might have been a little bit afraid. Mm-hmm. So because I expected it was part of the plan. So the other benefit of having the plan is that if you don't like what you see, you can change it because it hasn't happened yet. So maybe you need to get more aggressive with your marketing early on and you need to grow yourself. I I did this assuming I'd hit my target break even plus in 12 months. I need to hit it in six months. How would I do that? Start talking to people. Well, you you might need to spend more on marketing. You might need to, you might need to do something else to make that happen. So, uh, you know, maybe you need to change your plan based on what you learn when you map out your race to profit. Maybe you might need to delay adding that third staff person for two more months, right? So they're all things that you can map them out. And if you've written it down in advance and you don't like what you see, it's not too late to change it. All right, then. Barb, you know, you've given us some great insights and I can visualize the race to profit and all the things a new business owner can do to change the odds by planning for both profit and cash flow. That's right. And it starts with break even, knowing the sales needed to exactly cover the costs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's milepost one. Then break even plus, what are the sales I need to get to to provide an, enough profit that'll help me grow my assets and repay my debt 
and make distributions to owners. And remember by now, my debt might be bigger if I use that credit line. Mm -hmm. And that's milepost too. And once you're profitable, you're on your way to raising the value of the business. You know, how long will it take? Do you have enough cash to carry the business until then? And what is plan B? What is, you know, if it takes longer than that, right? What's your plan B? Gosh, so much great information here. If you had to give us a few top takeaways, what would those be? All right. So know your cost, your cost structure. That tells you your break-even, your break-even plus. Mm-hmm. Know what causes differences between profit and cash for your business model. Put that all together into a cash flow plan and monitor then once you get started, monitor how you're tracking against that plan, not just the budget, but the cash flow, and not just the PL budget, but how's my cash tracking against that? That's how you win the race to profit. Oh, Barb, you know, such great insights and things that you typically don't read in a textbook, nor do you see on your financial statements. Thank you so much for your insights. You're quite welcome. Thank you to our partner in the financial section of Small Bites of Business Insights, Ms. Barbara Ness. Barbara is the owner of Profit Soup, which is a company that will provide you with training and support for all your financial needs in franchising. Small Bites of Business Insights is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. If you have a question or comment for us, just send us an email at feedback at smallbitesofbusinessinsights.com. 